Good morning. Good morning. It's been a good day. It's going to get better, not necessarily because of what I'm doing. I heard that laugh. Oh, uh, it's going to be a good day, has been a good day, and it is going to get better. If you have your Bible, open to uh, Acts chapter 9. Acts chapter 9, um, and it's been, it's been a big last month for us. We've had a lot of stuff go on. Um, John and Faye brought us an incredible testimony a few weeks back. Um, we had our Tenebrae service that was really powerful. Um, Easter service, which was really, really good. Um, got a new grandfather in the house. Uh, we've got, um, and then what's going to happen today? I mean, that's just, I, I was thinking about it while I was sitting there this morning. Uh, that it's just, God has blessed us uh, immensely in the last, uh, just uh, overall forever, but just specifically in the last month, just the things I've been thinking about is pretty powerful. And uh, today is no different than that. Uh, last Sunday, Wes Baldwin was here. He preached for me and did a great job. Um, but just to kind of get back up to speed where we were, you know, we're trekking along through the book of Acts. And it's in the part of the story where it's really fixing to take off, and it's really fixing to get really, really good. Over the last couple of weeks, we have been introduced to Saul, who will eventually become Paul. As a matter of fact, it's going to happen kind of today. And, you know, he is just this very zealous Pharisee who's been persecuting the church. He was there when... The, the deacon Stephen was being killed. You know, he was kind of the coat holder, giving approval to that as they were throwing rocks at him until, until they killed him. And, uh, you know, that's just kind of where we are. Uh, you know, he was just, he's continued to harass the church, and we're going to pick that up today uh, in just a few minutes. But uh, as I was, was thinking about this and what we we're going to talk about today and what's going to happen, you know, I did not design this message specifically for what's coming next. It's just one of those things where you say, this is a God thing. God has worked this out. But what I have seen, what I have seen over the, uh, the past couple of weeks, I'm sorry, this is going to drive me crazy. What I have seen over the past couple of weeks is I have seen, was, it, was that bothering anybody else? Because it's driving me, driving me bonkers. Thank you for you two that were that feel my pain, that raised your hand. Um, there you go, a little bit of a peek behind the curtain of what goes on in my brain. Uh, sorry. Thank you. Thanks, Brendan. Thank you for the shout-out. Love it. Um, I've seen Jesus changing lives over the last couple of weeks, and that's been incredibly powerful to watch. I think... That's going to happen some more. You know, when we think about stains, generally they're an aggravation in life that we have to put up with, right? Generally, that's what they are. We don't like stains. It usually means that something is ruined. 
Uh, a lot of times it means you have to throw something out. You know, now some stains you can remove, some that you can't. Uh, there's some stains that are okay. You know, um, my wife has been um, transforming our boys' playroom into uh, something a little bit more useful for where they are right now. And so we, she purchased these shelves and we put them together and then we got some uh, two by 12 by 12s and uh, kind of attached them to the shelves and made this desk and they look really good. And she stained, uh, she stained that lumber and so it looks really, really good. So sometimes stain is, is good and it, it's, it's great. Uh, but there are a lot of times where stains are, you know, they just, okay, well, whatever, it's a stain. Now then, where you're sitting right now, you can look around and you can probably spot a stain on this carpet somewhere. Am I right? Who can see one from where you're sitting? If you can't, there's one right up here. You're welcome to use it. Now then, that's what happens when you use a building like this for multiple functions. Okay, because we eat all of our meals in here, and so it is... It is prone to being stained, and we clean the carpet. I promise, yes, we clean our carpet. We do, but there are just some stains that you can't avoid. But you know what I like about these stains? Life is happening in here. It means we're fellowshipping. We're spending time together. It means we're kind of clumsy, and maybe we don't clean up as good as we should, like when it first, yeah. <laughs> that was not a personal shot, Doug, I promise. I promise. I mean, it's... <laughs> but it means that life has happened in here. You know, each stain in here represents some time where we were together. You know, where we spent time together, probably around a table, sharing life, sharing a, sharing a meal together. Uh, but then there's other stains that are bad. I mean, how many of us have had an article of clothing, a shirt, dress, whatever, that got a stain on it and you had to throw it away, you know? And it's never the shirt that you hate. It's always your favorite shirt. Am I right? You know, and so it just happens. We have to, you know, we throw them away. We get rid of them because they're stained. But then there's some other kinds of stains that I want to talk about. And that's what I want to spend the rest of our time talking about. Because there are some stains that we have that, that cause us to, they cause us to hide. They cause us to avoid people and to cover up. There's stains that cause us to remain aloof with, with our friends and, and with our family. And it's because those, those stains, they're more personal. Now then, don't miss what I'm about to tell you because it is going to carry us through everything else we're going to talk about for the rest of the day. So don't miss this point. Here's the thing with stains. Stains always tell a story. Does that make sense? There's a lot to that statement right there. Every stain, every stain tells a story. And the stains that we carry, you know, sometimes they, you and I both know that they serve as constant reminders of a dark past. They're the ghosts that continually and constantly haunt and torment us, reminding us of our failures and adding shame upon shame. But, 
What if our stains could be turned around? What if our stains could be redeemed? Dare we say, even used for, for good? Is it possible that our stains can actually become our gains? And the answer, of course, is yes. What's great about the story that we're going to look at now is we see this happening. We have this kind of story happening right in front of us. Now, you can, you can read along if you want to. I'm going to have everything that I'm going to read is going to be on the screens behind me, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to skip around a little bit. But it's in this story that we read about a life that is marked up pretty good, but then something happens, and the stains get used for good. Acts 9.1 says, Now Saul was still breathing threats and murder against the disciples of the Lord. He went to the high priest and requested letters from him to the synagogues in Damascus so that if he found any men or women who belonged to the way, he might bring them as prisoners to Jerusalem. Now this is Saul who we've been reading about over the last few weeks. Saul the Pharisee. Saul who is very zealous for Judaism, and he absolutely cannot stand people who call themselves Christians. They weren't calling themselves Christians at this point. They were just known as people of the way because it was a different way of life that they were now following. And he saw what they were doing and how they were living as an offense to God and to the old law. And so he would go with letters to find these Christians, and he would drag them back to Jerusalem, make them stand trial, and have them punished. Have them thrown in jail. But one day as he was traveling near Damascus, a light from heaven suddenly flashed around him. Falling to the ground, he heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Who are you, Lord? said Saul, I am Jesus. I am Jesus, the one you are persecuting. So there Saul is. He's on his way to Damascus. He has his letter in hand that says he has permission from the high priest. In other words, it's backed by, he would say God, to go and find Christians, to arrest them, to bring them back to Jerusalem, to have them imprisoned, maybe tortured, maybe even killed. He's on his way to Damascus when all of a sudden this bright light shines around him. Nobody else really seems to know what's going on or seems to be affected by it. They know something's happened. But all of a sudden, Paul, Saul, hears this voice and it says, Why are you persecuting me? Why are you doing this? Saul says, who are you, Lord? And Jesus responds and says, I am Jesus. I'm the one you are persecuting. Everything that Saul knew, everything that Saul was doing, he has just learned was wrong. 
He's just found out that while he thought he was working for God and doing God's work, he's actually working against God. While he thought he was protecting God's church, for lack of a better word, he's actually hurting God. He's hurting the people of God. And so Jesus says, what you're doing, you're doing this to me. And it's in this moment that Saul becomes a believer. Can you imagine what that must have been like for Saul? Do you know, and, and we, can, we can relate to this, how many times have we thought we were doing right only later to find out, wow, I was really, really wrong? You ever done that in a relationship? Where the way you were acting and the way you were treating someone, you knew was the right way, and then you found out, man, I was really wrong about that. I didn't, you didn't have enough information. Or you misunderstood something. How do you feel? Terrible. It's like a stain, isn't it? Those things can bring shame and they bring hurt and you think, well, I really, I really messed that up. Saul, who is so zealous for God, has just learned that everything he's been doing for God is 100% wrong. Imagine how tough that must have been for him. As Jesus himself says, what you're doing, you're doing to me. That's a pretty big stain to have to deal with. So he's blinded by the light. They take him on to this house. And for three days, as the story goes, he sits there in the darkness. What do you think he's doing during that time in the dark? I imagine he's thinking about everything that he's been doing. I imagine he's replaying all of those things. Maybe he's, maybe he's vividly remembering as he's standing there holding the coats, watching Stephen being killed. Or he's thinking about people that he's arrested, he's seen beaten, tortured, maybe even killed. I imagine there's a lot of repentance that is going on while he is sitting there, sitting there in the darkness, thinking about the biggest stain in his life. Well, then you drop down to around verse 13. The Lord taps a guy named Ananias on the shoulder and says, hey, I want you to go find Saul. He's going to do some good stuff for me. I want you to go find him. He's there in this house. He's praying there. Go get him. And Ananias says, sure, Lord. He actually says, Lord, I have heard from many people about this man. How much harm he has done to your saints in Jerusalem. And he has authority from here, from the chief priest to arrest all who call on your name. You see, this is the story that people told about him. This was Saul's stain. How many times 
How many times have people told stories about us when we've blown it? When people have taken those stains that are our life or are on our life and they have shared them or they've talked about them or you enter the room and you know that there's something else that has been going on before you got there. And it just brings more and more shame. It's no wonder so many people live in shame today. Because of the, the, the stains on their life. Ananias is actually arguing with the Lord, saying, Lord, this is the guy that we've heard about. This is the one everybody is afraid of. This is the guy who's arresting people. He has permission from your high priest to go and drag people off and do whatever to them because they, they call on your name. That was Saul's stain. And I imagine this is what he is thinking about as he is sitting there in this house in, in the dark. Ananias agrees to go. He gets there. He left. He entered the house. Then he placed his hands on him and said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus who appeared to you on the road you were traveling has sent me so that you can regain your sight be filled with the Holy Spirit. At once, something like scales fell from his eyes and he regained his sight. Then he got up and was baptized. After taking some food, he, he regained his strength. Ananias shows up and he says, Hey, your life's not over. Because I imagine he was probably feeling about as low as he probably could feel. You know that feeling? When we've blown it and you feel about as low as you think you can go? I imagine that's what Paul or Saul is feeling when all of a sudden this believer shows up, this guy who just three days earlier he was coming to arrest and carry off to prison is now there, places his hands on him, says, Jesus sent me here to get you. These scales fall off his eyes. He can see. It says he got up and he was baptized immediately. Then he took some food. You see, what we learn about this is that the blood of Jesus changed the status of the stain that Saul bore. Do you see that? If you don't, hold on because I think you will. Because that's what is about to happen. He has this horrendous stain on his life. I mean, the stories about Paul are, are terrible. They're horrifying and scary. Because they're about violence and, and betrayal of his countrymen. They're about arrest and, and punishment and torture and, and, and even murder. But see, the power of the resurrection can change the trajectory of your whole life. Paul has a stain that people have talked about. Ananias is saying, look, we know this guy. We know what he does. Then Jesus changes his life. Now then watch what happens. He now tells his own stain story. Watch this. Acts 22. This is Paul 
recounting his life. He says, I persecuted this way to death, binding and putting both men and women in jail. And after I received letters, I traveled to Damascus to bring those who were prisoners there to be punished in Jerusalem. 1 Corinthians 15. For I am the least of the apostles, unworthy to be called an apostle. Why? Because I persecuted the church of God. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, and I am the worst of them all. But God had mercy on me so that Christ Jesus could use me as a prime example of His great patience. Even with the worst of sinners, then others will realize that they Two can believe in him and receive eternal life. When we have a stain in our life, the last thing we want to do is talk about it. Am I right? Who would like to stand up and share their deepest, darkest secret with us right now? No takers. Why? Because there's a lot of shame that goes on with that stuff, right? We know that. We get it. Did you notice what Saul Paul now, he's, because he's, using a, he's now using his Greek name, his Roman name instead of his Hebrew name. Did you notice what he's saying about himself? I persecuted. I got letters. I drug people off to prison. I am the least of the apostles. I am the worst of all sinners. But God had mercy on me so that he can use me so that others too might believe and have their own eternal life. He is using the stains of his past to now tell the story for good, to tell the story of God. This leads us to our community connection, and here it is right here, as simple as it can be. Jesus alters our lives by turning our stains into our gains. Does that make sense? That means no matter what stains you have in your life, it doesn't matter where you come from, it doesn't matter how educated or uneducated you are, your background, who your parents were, your grandparents were, it doesn't matter the things that you have done or not done, the things that you have attempted to do and failed at miserably. None of that matters. Jesus will take the stains that are in your life and if you will let him, he will, like he always does, he'll take those stains that bring so much pain, so much shame, so much whatever you want to say, and he'll turn it on its head. He'll use it for his glory and then all of a sudden you'll find you're telling your own stain story. Here's what I was Here's who I am now. 
That's the power of Jesus Christ in his death, burial, and resurrection. Jesus takes our stains and turns them into our gains, just like he did for Paul. I love that this story is in here because we all can relate to this on some level. We've all blown it on some level, yes or no? Yeah. We also all need Jesus, right? Yes. That puts us all on the same level, right? There's nobody better than another person, okay? None of that matters. Jesus is the great equalizer. and He takes our stains and he uses them, flips it, and he'll use it for our gain and for gains in the kingdom. How many of you know, you, you, and, and I, know, I know some of you that do this, your life was a mess, and maybe you didn't want to talk about it because you were ashamed of the way that you were living, but you met Jesus and your life has changed, and now you use that mess to point others to Jesus. Who's done that in here before? Praise God for that. Could you do that before Jesus? Would you do that before Jesus? No way. But that's what Jesus does. He takes those stains that we're so ashamed of and he almost, in some way, gives us maybe some pride. Not because of what we did, but because of who he is and where we come from. Um, this is a guy named Trevor McNevin. He is the founder and lead vocalist of a, a hard rock band. Uh, I really would have liked to have played the song for you, but I'm afraid it might have been too much for us. I would have liked it. He's the lead singer for Thousand Foot Crutch, which is a, is a hard rock band. They're not, a, they're not a Christian band, but they are a band who are Christians. And they, you know, their faith is written into their songs. Uh, if you're a satellite radio fan, they had a number one hit on Octane Radio a couple of years back. Um, their, their latest album is called Exhale, and the song uh, that I like the best on there is called uh, Give Up the Ghost. And it's talking about some of this stuff. It's talking about a, a, a life that was stained, and there's shame, and there's all of these things. But once Jesus got in there, and once the Holy Spirit came in and did some work, the power of all that stuff is broken. And they're now able to talk about it. In that song, he says, They never told me that I could be free from the hate that's inside of me. They took my place. They took my dignity. They kept me caged like an enemy. But now I know that I can be free from the pain that's inside of me. You took my place, gave me air to breathe, opened the cage, and you set me free. And one of the greatest lines of that song is this, the ghosts that haunt me have been out haunted. How powerful is that statement? 
That's a stained story. Stains are kind of like the ghosts that are always hanging around reminding us of something, haunting us. What he is saying is that because of Jesus, those ghosts that were my shame, were my pain, those no longer haunt me the way they used to. They've been out haunted by a greater power. And that power is in Jesus Christ. Every one of us has a story. Every one of us has something in our life that we're ashamed of that we don't want anyone else to know about. Whether you talk about it or not, you know, it's one thing or the other. But whether you talk about it or not, what you can need, what you do need to know is that there is freedom from those stains that bring so much shame and pain and hurt and all of those things. There's freedom from that, but it's only found through Jesus. Just like Saul, Paul, He met Jesus. Jesus changed his life. Jesus will change your life if you will let him. He'll take your stain and he'll use it not only for your gain but also for his gain. That's the power of Jesus. So if you have one of those stains that you're ashamed of, don't be ashamed of it anymore. Give it to Jesus, let Him use it, and then watch what He does with that stain. Watch Him work in your life with that stain. Let's pray together.